Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys. It's Sunday, October the 15th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down this very small two-game NHL slate on this Sunday compared to what we had to uh, experience yesterday with a massive uh, Saturday card. We hope you uh, survived it. You came out of it ahead, profitable for the day. I know Alex and I did. It was a solid uh, Saturday uh, overall. We'll definitely recap all of that in just a second. Remind you, though, again, Ice Guys family plan. Uh, 9.99 US per month. We've got so many great uh, regular viewers and listeners that have signed up for that. Uh, with that, you're going to get all kinds of exclusive uh, content. Uh, we're going to eventually get into videos, shows, written content with their, or at least content that we'll post there exclusively for our members with my power ratings, Alex's goalie charts, that kind of stuff. Videos to go with that. We're going to have some special videos, themed videos, betcasts, impromptu live betcasts, which will be in addition to the regular betcasts we have that are obviously free and publicly viewed. So lots to go, lots that, you're, that you'll enjoy uh, if you uh, sign up for the family plan. So just want to throw that out there. But as for Saturday, man, it was great to have that first Saturday uh, of NHL action back. Uh, it was phenomenal. It, just, it felt like uh, felt like I was back home again. You know, it felt like uh, everything was right with the world that we had that first big Saturday uh, of NHL regular season action. We had a lot of games yesterday, so going to try at the very least to uh, go uh, rapid fire through some of the recap. We'll start with the two afternoon games. Ottawa Senators, home opener, very impressive showing, 5-2 to two over the Philadelphia Flyers. That got my day off, day started in the right direction with Ottawa team total and Ottawa and regulation both cashing in in that one. Uh, they dominated that game, deserved uh, the victory. And to be honest with you, it was you know it was three two at one point for Ottawa, and they were out shooting Philadelphia like twenty five to nine at the time. And I'm like, how the hell is Philadelphia in this hockey game? But sure enough, Ottawa ended up prevailing. They pulled away in the third and ended up getting the five two win. Really impressed with their offense. And we'll get to Ottawa in a second because they're on the card today hosting Tampa Bay. Very, very possibly impressive hockey team offensively this year. There's no question. Should be able to score goals, and they have scored eight now in the first two games combined against Carolina and Philadelphia. The other afternoon game, Winnipeg, 6-4 over Florida. They kind of fell asleep a little bit, a little complacency, I guess you could say, once they had the big lead uh, in that uh, hockey game. But, again, more problems for the Florida Panthers. Uh, the loss of Ekblad, the loss of Montour, driving the offense, moving the puck from the D zone uh, up the ice. And then, of course, the defensive uh, prowess you lose from uh, both of them as well. And you've got to rely on, you know, just a bunch of hodgepodge players, including Ekman Larson, among others, that you've got to worry about trying to fill the minutes, fill the roles of these two stalwart defensemen, Ekman Larson, Mikola, Mahura, and Kulikov. They just can't do the job like those two guys can, that they're going to do the best they can, but that is a huge hole. And I think it's going to be more pain, agony and blues for the Florida Panthers until they get these two guys back. So, you know, uh, Alex and I came into the season saying we were looking to bet against Florida. You're now two and zero doing so against Minnesota and Winnipeg, uh, Florida losing both of those games. So probably something we'll, st we'll keep on the radar moving forward because Florida definitely in some tough 
turbulent times right now without uh, easily, and it's not even close, easily their two best defensemen. Uh, what did you think of those two yeah. matinee games, Alex? Well, yeah, we were on the air for the most part of, of Ottawa Philly, so I like I kept some of the highlights in the end of that game. And uh, like still, Ottawa is looking very impressive with that offense. And it's interesting, you know, last year we thought the offense was going to be the uh, centerpiece of this team. And, you know, the fact that they lost Alex to break it, now the offense looks better. It's hard to think that he would be addition by subtraction. But, you know, they've got some good chemistry going so far in the first couple of games. Uh, he said nice win with Winnipeg. We're finally seeing that Sergey Bobrovsky like <laughs> put on Twitter that uh, we all know, all know, and opponents certainly love because uh, you know he just gave up some soft goals once again, and like said, you know, having those two missing pieces with Montour and Ekblad on defense, now they're going to get into these track meets, which you know Paul Maurice certainly did not want to get into a, a kind of up and down game going back to Winnipeg of all places, uh, you know, completely against his style. And it's kind of funny how remember we talked about. You, you pointed it out at first about how Maurice, his uh, arrival in Florida would probably be problematic because that up and down style that Coach Q and Brunette were running is a completely different thing. It's about cycling and, and, and working out, you know, uh, grinding, you know, the puck down deep and low. And now they got to play back to that old style again. And, and so I don't know how Maurice is going to handle that, how this team, I think the team will respond just fine. I think they'll actually be a little bit better in some games because if you're trying to, you know, play that style you played during the postseason without those big guys on the blue line, then you're going to end up getting yourself in a bad situation where now you can't generate that momentum and speed and get that passing going to try to score goals and, and keep up in the pace. So I think reverting back might actually be, uh, you know, might do some some good in certain spots, but certainly not get the higher opponents. And Winnipeg's a team that I have certainly uh, underestimated, especially once they signed uh, Shifley, re-signed Hellebuck. Shifley loved him getting that goal, loved him getting into the fight, mixing up a little bit, you know, kind of channeling that aggression where we saw him a couple of years ago making some dirty hits. Now he's, you know, he's doing it the right way. So I, I love seeing that. And this Winnipeg team might be a little bit more dangerous than I had previously had uh, expected. Yeah, they lost to Calgary, a game that they were right in, and then they had the very impressive bounce back against Florida yesterday. So, you know, Winnipeg can score. I don't question that. You know, the defensive play is going to be the key for them. There are questions there. Uh, the night games, a pretty dull game, Boston-Nashville. Boston gets a workmanlike 3-2 to two win uh, in that uh, hockey game against the uh, Predators. They take care of business. The Columbus Blue Jackets, and you know, I'm glad I went in on the Jackets team total there. It was two and a half. I'm like, I don't, I just get that feeling Rangers aren't at their best here. Just a gut feel type of stance for me. And sure enough, they weren't at their best. They lose 5-3 to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Elvis Merzlikens played very well, but then all of a sudden leaves the game with flu-like symptoms, kind of like a Thatcher Demko case from earlier in the week. Uh, and uh, Spencer Martin, speaking of Vancouver, former Vancouver Canucks, Spencer Martin has to take over. Uh, in net for the uh, Jackets uh, and ends up uh, finishing out that game and the victory for the uh, Jackets. Uh, this is another team when Boone Jenner and Gaudreau and Marchenko are going and Lion A got on the score sheet again, didn't score, but he got a point last night. Uh, this is not a bad offensive team. I didn't even mention Fantilli and Kent Johnson. I mean, there's some there's some ability to score on this Columbus team. You know, I really do think so. I mean, they can be a, at least an above average offensive team. For me, it's, again, going to come down to whether they've got the defensive aptitude, but they showed it last night against a Rangers team and against Igor Shosturkin. You put a five spot on him, doesn't happen every day. So credit to the Columbus Blue Jackets there for that 5-3 win. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens, 3-2 to two winners over the Chicago Blackhawks. You know, 
workmanlike effort still from Chicago, but they're going to have nights like that where they've come up uh, just short. You can tell, too, last night, um, Bedard, by the way, over shots on goal. You keep betting that. that It doesn't matter what the number is. Like, he's going over these shot props still. Uh, and especially now with Taylor Hall out, makeshift top line with Radish and Donato now with him, and he's shooting the puck even more. A 3-2 win for Montreal. Cole Caulfield gets the scoring going for Montreal. Uh, outstanding start to the year for him. So Canadians get a 3-2 win at home. Very disheartening third period for Calgary. As bad as you could you could envision. They were up 1-0. We're um, rolling off the high of this Matt Coronado plus 410 goal prop. And what a night it was for our bargain bin specials uh, last night. Me met with Matt Coronado for Calgary to score. Alex with Leon Dreisaitl first goal at plus 800. Uh, both cashing in. So it 2-0 sweep isn't going to happen every day with the bargain bin special, but it did on yesterday's show, and that was so uh, awesome to see. Um, but when you look at that game, it's just the qu two quick goals, and it really took everything out of Calgary once they got down 2-1 to one in the blink of an eye to start the third period. Uh, but credit to the Penguins in a tough spot, too. Older team on a back-to-back. -back. They found a way, uh, even though I think Calgary probably carried more of the play. Uh, and Markstrom, again, you know, can he shut the door when he has to? wasn't able to uh, last night in that game, but it was a great game for Brian Rust. Brian Rust is off to a terrific start to the season, a two-point night for Riley Smith, uh, the newest Pittsburgh Penguin. Uh, that was a great addition, uh, you know, for the forward group. And, you know, blue line was good enough, and Nadelkovich was solid. So a 5-2 win uh, for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, I never envisioned a track meet and an up-and-down affair with them. I'm really, really frustrated because, to me, Toronto is a dead-nuts team for the over right now there is no question I think this is the best offensive team Toronto's had since they've had this core together Matthews yep. Marner Nylander Tavares because that's the four they've they've always been a really good offensive team but now they got Domi now they have Bertuzzi who got his first goal as a Leaf last night you got Nyes and Minton these young kids that are capable offensively you got a guy like Noah Gregor on the fourth line that can actually put in some goals as well so you can get scoring from all four lines, but I don't like their blue line compared to last year. You lose guys like Luke Shen. You lose a couple of your defensive stalwarts from last year, and you replace him with Klingberg, who's not been very good defensively in his career, but he's very good offensively. He had another very good offensive night last night. Great assist on one of the goals to Nylander as well. So this team is worse on the blue line. This could be the best offensive team they've had in uh, all these years that they've been with this core together. And the goaltending is fine. It's good. But the, at the same time, you know, this is a weaker blue line that both Samsonov and eventually Joe Wall are playing, you know, behind. And I think that's going to show. I don't think they're going to be as good simply because I don't think the defensive ability of the entire team is as good in front of them. And we're seeing it. Toronto's given up goals here early in the season, but they're outscoring their problems right now in their first two wins against Montreal, Minnesota. And the only reason I stayed off the overs because Minnesota was involved. I didn't want to go there with a six and a half with a Minnesota game. I didn't. Uh, and I'm mad. I should have because I should, I should just say, you know what? Toronto's the better team. They're at home. They're going to carry the play. They're, Minnesota's going to have to play their pace. And that's exactly what happened. Minnesota played Toronto's pace. And Minnesota can't win playing Toronto's pace. And that's exactly what happened. I know um, people were frustrated by the uh, penalties that were called by Minnesota. They were, they were going to lose anyway. It wasn't a matter of the referees calling too many penalties. They, they weren't good defensively. Gustafson didn't have a great game. It was more that they couldn't defend Toronto. And, uh, you know, it's a bad night for Minnesota when the, the killer eyes, the axe murderer eyes for Dean Evison come out 
uh, behind the bench. And he had that look going a few times uh, last night. Uh, Alex, those games we just talked about, any thoughts there? But, uh, and Toronto, like I said, the Wild, they can't afford to get into track meets. And, it, and it's strange because if you look at that lineup, you would think that forward group at least should be formidable enough to keep up in, in pace in certain games. We saw them a couple of years ago, uh, you know, when they were a, you know, a team getting over 100 points on the season, uh, making a run with Kaprizov and Joel Arisonek when he jumps in the fray offensively. They, they can put up some goals, but like I said, they can't, can't do it with a, a team like Toronto. This Toronto team is definitely loaded now. And uh, like I said, if they can get into a spot like outscoring their problems, that'll be huge because now the goaltending question that they've had for the last 20 years, we won't even have to worry about that certain nights. Even in the playoffs, they seem like that kind of team. If they can do this right now, they won't be getting seven or eight goals in the playoffs. But if they can give you four or five consistently in the playoffs, that's fantastic when most teams are trying to keep a, a game within three or less goals. So it's so far so good for how Toronto looks. Uh, looking back, these were kind of in the middle games during the evening because these were kind of back and forth. I don't know if you talked about Tampa, Detroit yet, uh, but that, that's the biggest game. that. Yeah, you can go ahead had. with that. I mean, it's what exactly I expected. Tampa Bay's got issues right now defensively and mostly goaltending yeah. because without Vasilevsky, they just don't get those saves they normally get. And look, it was not just on Johansson last night. I watched a good chunk of that game. Odd man rushes galore. Turnovers galore allowed by Tampa Bay which is really bad because they can't be doing that shit. Vasilevsky can bail you out when you do that. Jonas Johansson can't. So big issues with Tampa uh, right now, goal prevention-wise. Yeah, absolutely. And and I know we, you know, cashed nicely with, with that game. We both had the dog. We both had uh, Detroit team total. I was a little frustrated with myself, and, and, and this is kind of what I was leading into with uh, some of the live betting. When you have these Saturdays, and we were talking about it off air about how it's great to have great, you know big Saturday back, but you have to really plan accordingly if you're going to attack live betting. And I thought I had everything set up, but I didn't. I was trying to run everything off of my phone, and I realized I, like I have five live spots that I like all within the same time slot. So you have to kind of pace yourself, you guys, if if you are betting this live. And I'm pr- I'm probably harboring more on myself with this than anything. I'm sure probably everybody else has kind of realized, hey, you can only you, know, you can only watch so many games in a, in a in a a span of 20 minutes, but. Uh, I was really upset. So with some of these prices, if you were chasing for these live plays on a big card like this, it's smart to even just put a little bit of money down on a price you like. If it's not out of your 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 wheelhouse range, put a little money down before the game so you at least have something in position. Because I should have had more money on that over six and a half at minus a dollar twenty, but I got greedy trying to wait and, and get something live. And we talk about that often when we when we do our live betcast about sometimes you get greedy waiting for a number to turn to plus money or or you're waiting for another price to, to pop up and it just never appears. That's kind of the same thing when looking at games from a whole overview. So I just kind of wanted to give that more of a betting strategy kind of a, a note. You know, you can't overload yourself even on a Saturday as we get kind of excited when, when the games get back in those big cards and there's a lot of great matchups. You still have yeah. to kind of pick your spots. You do, although when you see something that really stuck out and you don't maybe go after it more, yeah, you always feel that way. Like, geez, maybe that should have gone a little more aggressively on that game. It was it right. felt like it was just so it was so clear what was going to happen, and it felt like that with Tampa Bay. Yeah, that was a clean sweep. That was Detroit money line, Detroit team total over, full game over. That was a great, great result that game. And, of course, the best bet for me yesterday was that Lightning Red Wings over six and a half uh, as well. Um, Sabres 0-2 start. Bet. They were better last night. Uh, against yep. the Islanders, definitely, but fell short 3-2 uh, in that. And their offense just hasn't clicked yet, no doubt, and that's been surprising. Uh, it's been a quiet start 
for Tage Thompson. It's been a quiet start for Skinner, for Tuck, for Cousins, a lot of that core. So, again, you don't push the panic button with two losses to begin the season. You don't. But, you know, Buffalo does have room for improvement. And so does Seattle. I mean, Seattle, another loss. Again, I thought they were better last night. They actually outplayed St. Louis. They just can't, they just can't buy a goal right now. This offense, I mean, three goals in the first three games for the Seattle Kraken. Just not going to win games when that happens. So uh, all kinds of issues there with Seattle offensively, and they fall uh, to the uh, St. Louis Blues. Unfortunately, a tough result for Decord, who I thought played pretty solid in his first uh, NHL start of the season for uh, Seattle there. Uh, Vegas with a 4-1 win against Anaheim. Uh, pretty solid effort there. And then the three late games, three of them, tons of storylines to talk about. Edmonton. They had a great start, first goal. Credit to Alex for calling it with Leon. Yeah. But Vancouver, man, what a, that that to me was even more impressive. Vancouver's win last night because you knew Edmonton was going to be better. You knew Edmonton was going to be angry. You knew Edmonton was going to be fired up after getting embarrassed by Vancouver earlier this week. And for Vancouver to beat them again, this time in Edmonton, four to three, so impressive. Now that did they get outshot, outchanced? Did Edmonton carry the play? Yes. But they played very good. They capitalized on their chances. And there were still some critical mistakes in their own end by Edmonton. And uh, Vancouver capitalized. And Casey DeSmith, playing last night with Thatcher Demko, dealing with that illness still. He played very well in his first start with the Vancouver Canucks. So credit to Casey DeSmith uh, for a solid performance there. Uh, Carolina, wow, crazy. Where, look, I've said it on Twitter. This L.A. goaltending now, it's becoming more and more alarming more worrisome okay that was cam talbot looking mediocre at best against colorado and copley was god awful in the first period two of those goals he should have stopped and that one goal that just leaked through him from that bad angle that can't go in that cannot that cannot go in on an nhl goaltender so it was a brutal start for copley i, I give mcclellan credit for sticking with him like he could have easily could have pulled him after that third goal it was it was an atrocious goal to give up by Copley, but he stuck with it, had faith his guys could battle back and give them credit for battling back because they looked down and out early in that hockey game. Uh, but they got a late first period goal. And then in the third period, they got some momentum. They cut the lead to one and they eventually tied it. Uh, and then, of course, Carolina in a marathon shootout took a while, but they finally get the 6 5 shootout win. LA goaltending concerns. Definitely. I mean, I'm not concerned about anything on this team other than their, their goaltending right now. I, I don't even think you can blame their D for the first two games against Colorado and Carolina. Their goaltending's just got to be better. Simple as that. Carolina, on the flip side, what's happened to their shutdown defense? You know, they gave up three goals and a lot of chances to Ottawa, even though they won that game. And last night, they couldn't, they're usually, they're nails when they have a lead, usually. You, yep. They shut it down. And that didn't happen last night from Carolina. And I've seen some holes from their usually tight defensive game here in the first two games. So we'll see if Carolina can rectify that uh, so far. And I don't think Freddie Anderson's been spectacular either here in the first two no. games uh, for Carolina. And then, of course, probably the storyline of the night, or it has to be. What on when since when did um since when did Mackenzie Blackwood turn into Ken Dryden, Bernie Perron? <laughs> When did that happen? Did I miss the memo? I mean, my gosh, I, what a performance. I, look, we got to tip the cap. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Like he's bouncing around post to post, acrobatic saves, uh, incredible job. And look, they had some danger chances. They had some high quality looks. And there he is 
stopping each and every one of them, including all, what, 13 shots that Nathan McKinnon alone <laughs> had in that hockey game. Very disappointed because I had a piece of uh, team total over two and a half. I posted it on the community tab. Great price. I'm like, they're going to eventually get to three. They'll bust it open like Vegas did the other night uh, against San Jose. But nope, didn't happen. They're, they're fortunate they even got the game tied. Uh, 1-1 late, but they deserved the win 2-1. to one. They completely outplayed and dominated San Jose. It was just a lot more difficult than a lot of people thought, but credit to Mackenzie Blackwood. That being said, let's not all of a sudden, after one a brilliant start, really one of the few he's had in his career, all of a sudden say he's going to have a monster year. Let me see it again, because yeah. he's just as likely to go uh, give up five goals on 20 shots in the next game as he is stopping 40 shots and only allowing one goal again, like, like he did last night. That's what I'm thinking. He is not the kind of goalie I trust to duplicate that kind of performance in the next game. So, you know, uh, uh, Quinn here is going to go back to Blackwood after a performance like that in San Jose's next game. I'm going to be tempted to say, Hey, he can't do that again. And he won't do that again. Uh, Alex, uh, what did you think of the late games? I think of the exact same thing, and that was a, a entertaining game to watch. I was really upset that we came up short with that first period over. That was one of the plays that I posted uh, in the later portion on the the community tab uh, on the fam for the family plan members, and uh, we got that first goal from San Jose, which I was really happy about. Okay, the Sharks get on the board, so now Colorado playing with some pace. They drew a couple penalties, but just couldn't do anything on the power play, and you know we've seen them do this right when they're big favorites. They're one of those teams you have to be really careful about. Uh, betting pregame because they can lay an egg against a, a a team like San Jose or like a bad LA team a couple of years ago early and then find their way and all of a sudden they win a game you know three two in overtime or two one and so I was lucky enough to grab plus one twenty uh, for a, a higher amount in game got that posted into the community tab and and we cashed with that winner so that was a really nice way to close it out but you mentioned the Edmonton Vancouver game. Edmonton's just been in a, in a bad way these last two games. I mean, it, it's just an absolute mess. Losing to Vancouver in two different styles of fashion, uh, that, that's just got to relieve a really bad taste in their mouth. It'll be something to look for the next time those two teams play. But obviously very happy with Leon Dreisaitl getting that first goal. Like I said, I had that good feeling uh, that he might be able to do something early, and uh, we were fortunate enough to catch that. So really happy with that. And you also mentioned about Seattle and St. Louis. Really happy that's the first draw of the year that I cash grabbed that plus 330. Uh, but Seattle, I'm way more concerned about them not scoring than some other teams because, like I said, Dave Haxtell is more of a defensive-minded coach. I don't expect him to be able to change up and, and add more offensive creativity. Uh, to, to he's not a line-juggling guru. You're right. Yeah. No, he's not. He's not. So so I'm a little worried uh, about their offensive be- their offense being stagnant right now. Uh I, that, that's not something I think they can be just rectified completely overnight. The players are going to have to do it first because the coaching changes aren't, aren't going to happen right away. And, and if, if they, he can't change it on the ice, then maybe he's got to go. So that's a crazy thought when you think about last year, he leads this team to 100 points, and he uh, was a deserving finalist, should have honestly won the Jack Adams in, in my eyes last year. And now we might be talking about him getting the can if they can't get this offense going in the next week or two. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, it'll be interesting. Seattle – they're right up there. Now it's three games, it's three out of 82. They could easily rip off, you know, 10 of the next 12 they win. You know, they're a team that I it wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked to see them turn it around and go on that kind of run. It would be um, great if they did a New Jersey. You know, we saw them two, two, three losses last year, and then all of a sudden give up, you know, what, one of what, 16 in a row, 
16 to, yeah, or exactly. 16 to 18. I'd love to see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah people had they, they had New Jersey dead and buried after the first week of the season, and Lindy Ruff fired, <laughs> according to some of the chants from the Devils fans at that Detroit game last. So year. hey, yeah. So maybe uh, uh, with uh, what's the, the name of that place? Energy Pledge or Climate Pledge Arena? They, maybe they yeah. got to get a, uh, a a Fire Dave chant going and, and see if that will rally the team. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's Never know. True. Never know. <laughs> and then we'll see you in the uh, second round uh, of the playoffs. Uh, again, just like New Jersey last year. Guaranteed get to the second round when that happens, no doubt. Uh, that's what I love about the Sunday cards being short, is we can give you an extensive recap of that big Saturday card. So uh, that's what I like about Sundays being uh, a lesser slate. We only have two games, so with that in mind, let's get to it. Two games on this Sunday will begin in Canada's nation's capital. Tampa Bay Lightning, Ottawa Senators. Ottawa, minus 120 home favorites. Look at this total, seven uh, here between the Lightning and Senators. And you can't tell me that it isn't justified. I mean, there's no question about that. We've talked about it with Tampa Bay. No Vasilevsky. Not the same ability to keep teams from scoring and keep the puck out of their own net. Uh, there's no question about that. But when you look at Tampa Bay, um, I think, and John Cooper was not very happy with the mistakes and the defensive issues uh, last night against the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Uh, they're probably going to have to, they're, they're going to want to clean that up probably, but it's one of those deals where the goaltending is just so marginal between Jonas Johansson and potentially the uh, a guy making his NHL debut today, because I believe this might be a spot where we see Matt Tompkins here. Uh, making his NHL debut for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, he is not a young goalie. I want to point that out. He's 29 years old. He's played over in Europe last year, specifically in the Swedish Hockey League with Faryastad. 2.53 goals against average, 9-11 save percentage. The numbers for him over in Sweden last year. Um, and look, this is a guy they signed to a two-year, two-way contract back in May. And they expected him fully to be starting the season in the AHL for this Tampa Bay Lightning team. So you're talking about a guy that's a journeyman goalie. He's been solid in the European uh, hockey leagues, but the NHL is a different kettle of fish. They didn't expect him to be up with the team, but necessity now because of Vasilevsky going through that emergency surgery, uh, shelving him for the next two months. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of a performance we get here from Matt Tompkins uh, in this game for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And, Certainly going to have to play better defensively than they did last night. You know, you can't be giving up, obviously, all the uh, uh, odd man rushes and all the mistakes uh, that the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning made last night against Detroit, against this Ottawa team, which has a good offense. We know that. Um, very impressed with uh, the start to the season from especially, you know, Timmy Stutzla, Brady Kachuk's been excellent. Batherson off to a solid start. Jacob Chikrin, you know, daylight dollar short. I like Chikrin's point prop against Carolina. I didn't go back to it yesterday against uh, Philadelphia. And sure enough, he gets three points, two goals, and an assist. Uh, so now I'll get back on it today in this game, and he'll probably not get a point, you know. But I would bet it. I mean, it's plus 116 or so for him to get a point uh, in this game. Jacob Chikrin, he's shooting the puck quite a bit uh, as well, uh, doing a good job generating that offense from the blue line. So uh, I definitely think props involving Chikrin. Uh, worth a look here uh, in uh, this game. As far as this uh, side and total goes, look, I'm I, I like the over, but um, I'm going to I'm going to take my chance to get the six and a half. The old Alex B. Smith live bet theory here. Let's take a chance because as soon as I see a six and a half, I'm hopping on it. I'm not even going to wait for five and a half. 
with these two teams right now. I'm definitely going to be looking at a six and a or a six and a half year with live betting as far as this uh, total is concerned. Uh, it was briefly six and a half last night. It quickly moved to seven. I'm also going to take a little Ottawa team total here over three and a half around minus 120 uh, is the price on that Ottawa Senators team total. Uh, cast the Ottawa team total yesterday. It's back to back for both teams, but Tampa does have to travel. Uh, and they played at night in Detroit, whereas Ottawa doesn't travel back to back home games and they played a matinee game. So this is actually a much, much more manageable back to back spot for the Senators than it is for the Lightning. Uh, so I'm also going to look toward the uh, team total for Ottawa here. Again, you can find that right now around minus one, actually minus 110 uh, at the pinnacle with that over three and a half for Ottawa. So a good price there. Alex, Lightning Senators. Yeah, I'm surprised that's, that's that cheap for a three and a half here. Um, well, let's just talk about who we might be seeing in goal for the Tampa Bay Lightning, Matt Tompkins. And like you said, he's not a young guy. This is a guy who's career I, I i followed fairly closely for the good part of a decade because he was a draft pick for the chicago blackhawks he was supposed to kind of be the heir apparent to Corey crawford at due time saw him play four years with ohio state he was about an average college goalie saw some clips of him in the indy and in the east coast league and he was formidable he had a good season but he couldn't really do much with rockford in the hl uh he didn't look really great the couple of years that he played preseason games with the hawks He's the, a fringe ECHL goalie at best. And now this guy's making his NHL debut against an Ottawa team whose offense seems to be really rocking and rolling in these first couple of games. I'm surprised this is still a dollar twenty. This should have opened up like a dollar sixty, dollar sixty-five in my opinion. Uh, and it's understandable why this total is at seven. If you're gonna wait and grab it, I would probably suggest because at a seven, six and a half is probably going to drop in about maybe a minute. But it's gonna open at around minus one fifty. So in order to get what you'd like, you got to wait about maybe at least four to five minutes. And that's kind of scary because I, I just don't trust Tompkins at all. He could get uh, barraged and give up two goals in the first five or six shots to look like crap and get pulled. Uh, I don't know if they would keep him out there for just an absolute beating. And, and Tampa Bay just, you know, take this game because they know they need to get, you know, Hanson some rest. So they're in a world of trouble. This is a super cheap price for Ottawa. I definitely laid the 120. This is the first thing I did when I wake up today. Saw this price and met it. So uh, Ottawa minus twenty. I think this is a great value price. Well, I lean that way, too. The reason I took the team total, it's, it's a little better price, the team total, minus 110. And so I don't want to worry about Tampa Bay because the Tampa Bay is scoring. Tampa Bay has got and they know they've got to put the pedal to the metal offensively. Uh, to help out their suspect issues in terms of keeping the puck out right now. Um, but uh, I do I think that. Ottawa does win though. And even in a boat race. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Let's say, let's say, let's say both teams are for sure going to get five goals. You still would trust Corpus Allo over Tompkins. Oh yeah. So definitely. Yeah. 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 I, I, Corpus Allo, we expect to be in, especially back to back. We did see Anton Forsberg get his first start for the, uh, Ottawa Senators yesterday against Philadelphia. So you would expect it's back to uh, Jonas Corposalo here uh, on the back-to-back uh, -back, uh, for the um, Ottawa Senators in this matchup against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So uh, that's what we expect. And um, I'm not going to give it away. I made that mistake. The the, the, the bargain bin is from this game, uh, Tampa Bay and Ottawa, the bargain bin special of the night. So we will come back to that uh, when we come to that segment, uh, Carolina and Anaheim, we've got uh, Carolina minus 300 road favorites, six, the total uh, in this one, uh, Carolina, man, they had to work. It looked like it was going to be a breeze. They get off to that hot start. 
helped by some very, very suspect goaltending from Phoenix Copley. Uh, and then LA comes on like gangbusters. And I give the Kings credit, you know, quite a bit of credit, in fact, um, for, you know, battling uh, and, you know, being able to get back into that game when their goaltending was just so uh, awful to begin it. Uh, and um, that's, a, that's a good sign. I like that. I like teams that take a punch. It goes awful for them early in the game, but they respond and they don't quit on the game. That shows mental fortitude and character from the Kings last night, even though they fell short and Carolina survived uh, with a, a six to five shootout win. Now I have just care. Does Carolina, what do they have left in the tank? That was an exhausting game. I mean, they had to extend themselves to overtime to a shootout uh, protecting that lead. Now you got to go to uh, Anaheim. Now, again, this is a short travel situation. In fact, it's a better travel situation for Carolina. They're just going down the freeway from LA to Anaheim. Anaheim played in Vegas last night, losing four to one. So they actually have the longer travel to get back home for this home opener. That being said, I'm slightly tempted by Anaheim here at this big number and this big price. And here's why. Do you know that Anaheim went two and zero against Carolina last year? Won both of the games in Carolina and at home against Carolina. So, you know, can't explain why that would be considering we know last year Anaheim was just uh, had a miserable season and Carolina was one of the best teams in the East and the NHL. And Carolina went 0 2 against Anaheim last year. So, for some reason, you know, this Hurricanes team ended up having uh, their share of problems with the Ducks. You know, if anything, what you're going to get from this Anaheim team, even though there are question marks in the on defense and question marks in goal, there is still some firepower on this team. And this is their home opener. And for a young team, and we've seen this in the league before, even these bottom feeder teams, you know, you end up getting uh, one heck of an effort from these kind of teams, even if, you know, they're the inferior squad when they're playing their home opener. You know, you're fired up to start your home schedule. So I expect that kind of energy from the Anaheim Ducks here tonight. We should probably see Antti Ranta, I would suspect, uh, in net for the uh, Hurricanes tonight uh, on the back-to-back. Uh, -back. And I would expect after Gibson got the start last night, and I actually think I like Anaheim more with this young kid in net, Lucas Dostal is likely going to get the uh, start here for the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Uh, I think he's a capable young guy as far as goaltenders go. And again, he hasn't um, had a ton uh, of opportunity yet, like long-term in the NHL. He's had, you know, 13, 23 starts in the last couple of seasons for Anaheim, you know, but he definitely has some uh, ability. Now his numbers at the NHL level last year weren't great, but remember how atrocious the blue line was, right? 3.78 goals against 901 save percentage. In the AHL, he was very solid with the goals in San Diego, uh, 2.97 goals against 912 save percentage. So pretty good numbers in the AHL. Um, and I do think this Anaheim blue line, least a little bit better defensively. How much we'll see, but they've got Drysdale now in the fold, finally healthy, and he got that contract extension done. You've got Radko Gudis, who's better de defensively. That's his game. Uh, Labushkin is one of those, you know, hard, physical, stay-at-home type defensemen. I do think there's a better ability for Anaheim to defend this year with their blue line compared to last year. Are they a great defensive team yet? No, but they're, I think, a little bit better defensively this year. Uh, compared to last year. So when I look at this game here, Carolina, Anaheim, I think given the spot, home opener for the Ducks, Carolina's 2-0. There's no urgency for Carolina here. They beat Ottawa in their home opener. They survived and they beat LA last night for the 2-0 start. If they're a little lax, if you will, tonight, it's not the end of the world. And again, they went 0-2 last year uh, against Anaheim. So for me, this is a uh, small bet only, but it's enough for me to bite here on Anaheim in this spot at plus 
Uh, let me see what the best price is courtesy of BetStamp to help me out with that. Plus 250 uh, is actually available at Betway uh, for the uh, Anaheim Ducks. So I'm going to take a shot here. Again, this team swept Carolina twice last year. A 4-3 overtime win in Anaheim for the Ducks against Carolina last December. And then in February, a 3-2 win uh, in Carolina. I remember taking a small shot with Anaheim in that game in Carolina. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was and it was a really tough spot for Carolina and Anaheim was plus 408, uh, plus 400 to plus 410 uh, in that range in Carolina when they beat the Hurricanes 3-2 uh, last year. So I do think this is going to be a close one. And I think Anaheim's certainly at this price live in, in there's in this spot as a home underdog in their home opener. Alex, uh, Carolina, Anaheim. Yeah, it makes total sense to look at them. Not only, like I said, sweeping last year, but they're actually 17 and 8. Uh, in those last 25 meetings. So that that's uh, a hell of a run. That's going back quite a bit of ways. Uh, and this feels like it could be one of those, somebody mentioned in the chat, you know, second night of back-to-back. -back. Sometimes you have teams that are crisp, especially early in the year, but sometimes you just have sloppy games because two teams played uh, the night before. I think this could be one of those games. And in a sloppier contest, I would lean with Anaheim, certainly uh, getting that big of a number. But there's two plays I like in particular. One's the first period over. It's right now at 145. That's not something I would want to lay uh, anything on pregame. Uh, there's only two games tonight, so this is something I can focus in on. I'm going to be waiting and, and trying to get this down to about a dollar ten. So of course I'll have that prompted and posted uh, on the the Ice Guys Family uh, Plan community page later on this uh, this evening before that game starts. But I also like the draw. I would lean with a little bit with the draw. You mentioned there was a game in overtime last year. Both games decided by one goal. And just kind of looking back, two of the last five uh, meetings going into overtime, and four of the last five decided by one goal. So uh, I think this can be close enough. You get plus 390 with the draw, and on a short card, you can just sprinkle maybe even a half unit on that and uh, go for that. So I'll probably go half unit on that that first period over live and then another half unit on the draw at plus 390. A couple props, couple props I like here for Anaheim, too. Troy Terry to get a point. You know, home opener, uh, minus 150. Uh, I also like the uh, Mason McTavish here, the guy that scored Anaheim's only goal uh, last night uh, against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, definitely uh, would be interested. I think he's going to have a much improved season. I think actually last year at times he showed flashes. Wasn't consistent last year, McTavish, but got to see him play for the Hamilton Bulldogs here when his junior days Still ended up last year with 43 points in 80 games, 17 goals. And I think he's going to better that mark uh, this year for the uh, Anaheim Ducks. And again, he scored in the opener plus 370 at FanDuel, 430 at Caesars. Um, it's not my top bargain bin special of the night, but I'm telling you what, Mason McTavish at that price is appealing right now. Plus 370 to plus 430, especially considering the opportunity he's going to get. He's going to play the number one power play with Henrique, Terry, Fowler, and Zegras for Anaheim. Uh, that's definitely what you want to see. He's on that top power play unit. He's a, a top six forward. He's in the number two center uh, on this team right now. So absolutely uh, looking at um, that uh, plus price there, 370, 430. Uh, no question. I think definitely live uh, at, at that price range to uh, find the uh, back of the net. And then Carolina, you know, I pretty much talked about uh, him repeatedly, but, you know, I think because he's on the top line and he's not priced like it compared to Ajo and Jarvis, you keep looking at maybe a guy like Michael Bunting for uh, Carolina. Certainly his point prop uh, is definitely undervalued. And someone in the chat, yeah, it was Colorado, uh, Colorado man 63. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, 
you know what I might do is I'd probably go a 75-25 split with uh I'll put 75% of it on Anaheim money line, 25% on that team total uh, over two and a half. Because you do see sometimes that, especially with the bigger underdogs, they'll hit the team total. They'll go over the team total of two and a half, but they'll lose the game. So that's a nice way of getting something out of it in case they do score three goals, but they don't win the game. Uh, although Columbus is one of those instances last night where they were over two and a half, but they actually did win the game as well. But that doesn't always happen. Uh, keep that in mind. So uh, I don't mind that as well. But definitely the Anaheim team total over two and a half. I think that's uh, worth a look as well uh, in this game. All right. Those are the two games for the Sunday card. And uh, again, short show, which is good uh, because we got the NFL a slate starting in about uh, 15 minutes time uh, before we get to uh, best bets. Of course, a segment that was just a dream result last night uh, on the Saturday show. It's time once again for the bargain bin special of the night. You couldn't have asked for anything better than what we saw last night. Matt Coronado first NHL goal for the Calgary flames plus four ten is what I used for bargain bin special of the night last night. And then Alex, Jumps in with Leon Dreisaitl for the Edmonton Oilers to score the first goal against Vancouver at plus 800. Not only does he score the first goal, it was in the first minute of the game. So it was like right away for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. So an incredible 2-0 sweep with the bargain bin special of the night. You put the two prices together, that's 12-1 to 1 odds worth of winners last night. 800 from Alex's first goal and 410 from Coronado. Uh, that's 12-1 to 1 money getting paid out by betting the bargain bin specials on Saturday's show with the 2-0 sweep. What do we have in mind for an encore? I actually think I like this just as much as Matt Coronado yesterday with this bargain bin special pick. We're going to the Tampa Bay-Ottawa game. This is a guy I've talked about repeatedly for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Is an underrated player compared to the big names. He's an impact player. He's great at both ends of the ice. And more importantly, He's played two games this season. Now, last night, he didn't find the score sheet in the 6-4 loss to Detroit, but he had two goals and one assist in the season opener against the Nashville Predators. He's playing his former team, the Ottawa Senators, a team that he has played with in the past. They traded him to Tampa Bay uh, a couple of seasons ago. He's off to a good start. He He had three points in the opener. He's going to be fired up because he's playing a team he used to be with, the Ottawa Senators, and his goal prop is pretty tantalizing. We're talking Nick Paul, Tampa Bay Lightning, plus 360 at FanDuel uh, for my bargain bin special of the night for this small two-game Sunday card. Let me unmute myself for a second. And that's a great pick. And it's, it's funny, as soon as you put that, somebody in the chat mentioned uh, Nick Paul power play points plus 320. Yep. I got one from the other game, uh, Carolina and Anaheim. I'm going to look at a gentleman named Stefan Nason. Now, we talked about him last year. He really came on strong. We able to slot him in so many different roles for Carolina. Guy we saw get his scoring touch back with the Chicago Wolves the year before, leading them to a Calder Cup. Ian, do you know what team he made his NHL debut with? Oh boy. Um yeah, Ottawa, right? No. No. No, he made his debut with the Anaheim Ducks. Oh wow. And he played with a bunch of different teams. And if you look at his history, the teams that he scored the most goals against in his career, which is scattered about, you know, throughout different teams, he scored four goals against Carolina, who he currently plays for, but he's also scored four goals against the Anaheim Ducks. 
We're going to go with Stefan Nason to score a goal here, plus 350 available at BetMGM. Uh, he's got That's a, a solid one. score touch, and I definitely think that is worthy of the bargain being played for this evening. So Stefan Nason from Carolina to score a goal, plus 350. That's my pick tonight. My brain went out for a minute there. You know what? I had Silverberg on the brain. Because uh, I saw Cuban what? Wayne Gretzky in the chat. Yeah. That's why the Ottawa popped into my mind. Well, no, he was, and Anaheim he, used to be with no, Ottawa. And I'll give you credit for this. He was drafted by Ottawa. So you were right yeah. on in the yeah. thought process. But he made his debut with Anaheim. Yeah, there you go. All right. So, And I like Stefan Nason. Stefan Nason, we talked about him down the stretch last year. He really mm-hmm. started to heat up for Carolina. He's streaky, though. Like, he can go a long yeah. time without scoring. Um, but when he gets on a roll, sometimes you ride it, but, uh, yeah, I don't mind that angle for sure. And you're, you're definitely going to get a good price. Uh, let me see, um, what, uh, uh, best price is out there now, uh, with a nascent gold prop. Yeah. You're looking at plus three fit 40 to plus three fifty, pretty much everywhere, uh, for the best price. And usually the criteria I use for bargain bin special for it to fit the uh, mold to be bargain bin worthy plus 300 or better. Right, That's usually exactly. what we look for. Yeah, uh, Anything plus 300 or better is what I consider uh, a bargain bin special. Uh, and uh, we both have that. So there you go. Stefan Nason. And they're both around the same price. Nason's the best you can find out there right now is plus 350. And then plus 360 at FanDuel for Nick Paul uh, for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So there you go. Let's see if we can get another 2-0 sweep. Maybe as unlikely as it, might, as it could be, but uh, we'll certainly try. Know. Yeah. Crazier things have happened. Uh, let's see if we can yeah. get another 2-0 sweep with the bargain bin special of the night. And let's see if we can get another two uh, sweep here with uh, best bets here for this uh, Saturday uh, card. Alex, will start – Sunday card, I should say. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Fade Matt Tompkins. That's pretty much all I got to say, right? I mean, this is an Ottawa team that's looking really good offensively. Uh, had a nice 5-2 win earlier in the day yesterday against Philadelphia. Now they're playing a Tampa Bay team. Yes, much more talented up front, but they are horrific in goal. And uh, we're getting a really good price. So lay it dollar twenty with the Ottawa Senators. That's my Sunday best bet. All right, Ottawa Senators minus one twenty uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. And my best bet now, I may bet this live and wait for a better price. But I'm starting now to see the six and a halfs are starting to trickle out there now for this game, Tampa and Ottawa. It was seven across the board, but it looks like it's starting to come back to six and a half in a few spots with some juice, of course. So I will recommend as my best bet, because I'm going to be on this either pregame or live anyway at, at six and a half. Uh, I, but since there are some six and a halfs widely available right now, I'm going to recommend it now as my best bet for the show. We cashed with Tampa Bay over last night against Detroit, and we're coming right back to it here. Tampa Bay, Ottawa over six and a half, minus 135 at DraftKings uh, is available right now. So let's lock that in for my Sunday best bet, Lightning, Senators, over six and a half minus one thirty five uh, for my best bet. So, so would you recommend laying a, a, maybe a smaller piece of that now at the one thirty five, yes. and then if you're watching in game, try to maybe grab some plus money coming back a little bit. Absolutely, don't put the entire stake of your over six and a half bet now pregame. Don't put all of it now yeah. on the over six and a half. Wait for maybe a little better price. Maybe, maybe just maybe we get a five six minute swatch at the very beginning of that game without any goals. And then we will definitely see six and a half at plus money. And then it all add more uh, at that time for sure. And like I say, I'm not waiting around for five and a half because I, a big part of that reason is I don't think we'll see a five and a half. I don't think we'll go that long in this game without a goal. Yeah. So I'm just looking for six and a half at even money plus money or better. And I tease that I'm going to be writing on Patreon in the next couple of weeks, uh, you know, a kind of additional primer about live betting. I'm watching every book and seeing how their tendencies are 
with uh, games and the timing. So far, I've noticed BetMGM has the fastest running uh, uh, dropping lines. So I saw, Ian, I texted you, it was about maybe two minutes and 12 seconds of game time. I saw that number in the Colorado San Jose drop from the 140 opener to even money within two minutes and 12 seconds of game time. So I'm going to be watching that and keeping an eye on that, and I'll have uh, hopefully a full detailed report within the next week or so, uh, along with some extra tips to help people for live betting. All right, excellent. Love it. Great stuff uh, from uh, Alex and uh, uh, great stuff from this show. Wow, it was a great Saturday. Uh, The bargain bin was awesome. And uh, look, for two games, you know, I actually have pretty decent opinions on both of the games. And I like the bargain bin picks that we gave for the two games today. So let's have another good day and enjoy this Sunday uh, NHL slate, even though it's just two games. And of course, enjoy the NFL as well. uh, And good luck with your wagers there. Uh, great stuff. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Evan, Raymond Reddington, David Shelton, Sweet Lou, Dingus, uh, Pittsburgh Pens, JT Eel, Lando H, uh, Michael Swoboda, Taylor Bischoff, Archie 20, uh, Real Deal Prime, Dakuchi Betts, BG, or I already said BG, but uh, Colorado Man 63. Uh, everyone in the chat, Perlo Wisdom. Uh, appreciate everyone joining us here on this edition of the Ice Guys on the Sunday. Michael Johnson. Cuban Wayne Gretzky, Rich H. Good to see Rich H. again. Yeah. Uh, Gregory Ferreira, uh, everybody, thank you for joining us. Many of you I know are Ice Guys Family Plan members, so we appreciate it very much. Uh, again, just $9.99 US for month. As far as guests this week, we have uh, Brett joining us again on Tuesday, like he did last week. Uh, Brett Pepler, that'll be fun. And uh, we have uh, someone joining us on, um, on uh, the uh, show on uh, Thursday as well. Uh, a a former player uh, that's uh, actually very much into betting right now on Thursday as well. So uh, we're uh, looking forward to that. I can't believe I'm blanking on the name now too, and I'm trying to talk about it, but leave it it as a surprise. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll all find out together. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. We'll all find out together. Uh, That is for sure. But uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. A shout out to everyone uh, in the chat. And again, Countdown's on, too, to our first live BetCast. It's a week from Tuesday. We should start hyping that up. Tuesday, October 24th, and it's a 6 p.m. Eastern BetCast start time because that's the first game, the Leafs and Capitals that night, which will be on ESPN's doing a triple header that night, and then ESPN2 is doing that Sunday ticket uh, red zone channel type deal uh, where they're flipping back and forth between all the games, and I know Butchagross is anchoring that coverage throughout the night on ESPN plus and ESPN two. I think actually ESPN two doesn't start till eight with that, right, but it exactly, starts yeah. right from six o'clock on ESPN plus that uh, red zone channel, NHL version of the red zone channel on that special Tuesday night, October 24th, staggered start times, 6 PM Eastern, right through to 11 PM Eastern games, every 15 minutes, all 32 NHL teams in action. That should be one hell of a Tuesday night. And what a great night to start our BetCast schedule. Yeah, and we might have to do our daily show a little bit earlier. So so be advised, we will post this on the community page, the Twitter page, everywhere, if we have to do that a little earlier, because that's going to be a very long show for us we to have go to go through all Tuesday. Yeah. We might start yeah. yeah, so we might start an hour earlier. So we will we will let everyone know ahead of time with that. So yeah. we definitely want to make that note. And also one more note too, you guys. Don't forget about the Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Starting Tuesday, this Tuesday, all the way until uh, the end of, of, of next week, we will have free standard shipping available. So this is a great time. Get your hoodies. It's starting to get really cool out, especially here in Minnesota. Uh, grab your hoodies, grab T-shirts, get caps, get ready uh, for the change of season. 
I definitely check it out with the Ice Guy store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. And I just saw the Vikings and the Bears intro roll on my one of my televisions here. Are you ready uh, for uh, yes, good news or more pain? What's it going to be today? I actually well, like Chicago. You, you, well, you know what? You know what's weird? The Bears really do need to lose this game because if yes. we screw around and beat the Vikings twice, then all of a sudden here are the Vikings with the number one pick, and now we have to deal with Caleb Williams to Justin Jefferson for a decade. So uh, yeah. I took Bears plus eight and a half in a teaser with the uh, Niners before the Watson news. That's my only, my only football bet today. There you go. So they, I, I agree with that. I don't, think, I don't think Minnesota's going in there and winning, but they're not good enough no. to win by double digits on the run. Now, Chicago actually played well last week. Now, yeah. Washington's up and down like a yo-yo, but that was a much better performance still uh, from uh, Chicago. And if anything, that first win, it gives them some momentum now uh, going into uh, this game here against the uh, uh, Minnesota Vikings. All right. Great show. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Uh, a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday. Although tomorrow, note the start time, 3 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Right. It'll be one hour later than normal on weekdays because after the college football show that I do on Mondays ends, so it'll be around 3 p.m. Eastern. It's a very short card tomorrow anyway, another short card uh, on the uh, Monday slate. There's only five games, so uh, we'll begin at 3 p.m. Eastern uh, tomorrow uh, with the Monday edition of the show. And then, of course, the rest of the week, 2 p.m. Eastern and weekends, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy the games and good luck, and we'll see you tomorrow on Monday for another edition of the Ice Guys. Mm -hmm.